Welcome to Let's Get Lit, the book club podcast with a twist. You nailed it on the first oh try. I'm God. so proud of you. I'm the best at I feel naming like the podcast. We should end it right here. And that was our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can catch us every week right here <laughs> on your favorite podcast channel. For professionals only, because we never make mistakes here. Professionals never make <laughs> mistakes. Exactly. Remember that, kids. Well, I mean, since we forgot to hang up, shall we just talk about the book we read this week? Yes. This week we read <gasps> less. Less of what? Less of the novel by Andrew Sean Greer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I read that too. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay. Um, lots of things to say, but I feel like more importantly, we got to start with what we're drinking today. We are drinking a very bizarre drink to go with a book that is also very bizarre. Yeah, it's well, so I guess we've just been on a wine kick lately because I'm super lazy and you don't make cocktails. What do you mean? I tried to make cocktails at one time and it didn't work out so well. We're drinking a German Pinot Noir. So... Fancy and one of the places the character goes in this book is Germany, so it seems fitting for at least like you know one eighth of the book. Yeah, I don't know. I mostly like I drank a lot while I was reading this book. That's a good sign. I just didn't love it. I wanted to love it, and you didn't. No. At least you wanted to. At least it you had the felt, highest hopes. It, I, you know, I feel like I didn't really give it a fair shot because I, wa- I went into this thinking, like, this is going to be a pretentious fucking book. And you did say that What's last the week? word for navel-gazing? Um, There's a word for it. Self-indulgent? Yes, that also. Also, um... Oh, here it is. Omphaloskepsis. I would have never fucking guessed that what the fuck that means navel gazing it does omphaloskepsis where did you even find that word where in the world did you find that word um it's a contemplation of one's navel as an aid to meditation i don't know it's a greek thing okay it's a greek thing and you're like you just have it at the ready it's well, just that um uh, what's the word not self-indulgent not navel gazing it's um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> i think i said that right you did <laughs> Nailed, Nailed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a, you know, rum and coke. Apparently it's like an actual thing that people do. They like stare at their belly button and think about life. But the whole point is that it's pretentious. Super pretentious. It's like if you have enough time to stare at your own belly button, like I don't care about your problems. Well, I will just say when I started this book, mm-hmm. I was right there with you. I was like, ugh, this is so pretentious. Like... Of course, this is like the winner of the. I will now say Pulitzer because yeah, it turns I guess out that's true. This book was so pretentious that it taught me how to say Pulitzer correctly. However, like started judging full on, I ended up loving this book so much, and really? I wept at the end. And Are I you do joking? mean like bald like you a cried. baby. It is beautiful. Wait, but I like, explain this to me, soup to nuts, okay. because. At the end, I was just like, oh, come the fuck on. Okay, so I think we're acknowledging, like, obviously we're giving all of the things away. So there's all these points in the book where, obviously, Arthur Less, he's our, you know, our protagonist. He's also, like, our tragic hero. And he's just, like, a real shit show loser. And you're kind of, like, laughing at him as he goes, but he has a lot of feelings. And so the whole time you're just like, calm down, like... It's just a lot to be like, oh, I'm a failure of a person, blah, blah, blah. Pretentious. I'm with you. But there's, like, these sections of the book where it will shift perspective and it's telling, like, these basically, like, snippets of memories of Arthur Less that aren't from his perspective. And so my question to you before we get to, like, why I love this book so much, did you immediately know whose perspective that was from? Or did it take you time to guess? It took me time to guess because... Up until the very end, I thought it was the author, mm-hmm. like, going in and being like, I'm the narrator of this story. I didn't think that it was, like, intended to be a character in the mm-hmm. story. Okay, good. I just want to make sure, like, I didn't grossly misunderstand that, because I felt the same way. I'm like, 
okay, he's just kind of like, you know, stepping out and it's like fourth person now where he's like talking about him, the protagonist and like the author is just talking to us. But so basically the whole premise of this book, this guy, Arthur Less, he's just broken up with like his, I don't even know if you could call him boyfriend, like his beau of nine years. It was like his like fuck buddy that he had a really bad relationship with. And like in hindsight, it was like, oh man, that was the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like they broke up, his ex is getting married, and he's like starting to fail in his writing career. And in order to get out of going to this wedding, he just accepts every like bizarre writing gig that has ever been offered to him. So it takes him on this whirlwind tour of all of the Z countries. And obviously he has to go find himself in all of these things. And for much of it, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, it's just kind of like, like you said, like navel gazing or whatever the fuck that word is, um, of this person kind of reminiscing on his genius and his life and all the places where he went wrong. But as it like starts to progress more and more, it becomes more endearing. And I also wait, think... wait, can we pause first here? No, I don't want to get to the like meat of it yet. I want to talk about well, the I, fact you that said he... I cried. That's okay, the fine. Meat of it. Okay, go ahead. You, we can talk about. No, no, no. We can get there. Let's pause. Where do you want to stop? I just want to talk about the fact that he's, like, all of these, like, shit opportunities that I always say no to because, like, uh, mm-hmm. I was just, like, you suck. Like, all of these are things that, like, anyone in their right mind would be, like, what a fucking privilege. And he's, like, ignored every invitation to go, like, all over the world and do really cool stuff. And he's just, like... I suck, my life sucks, everything sucks, and, like, these are all really boring, but I'm going to use this as an excuse. And I was just like, oh, my God, white male privilege. So much white male privilege. I, like, can't even handle it because you just feel so sorry for yourself. Well, that's – I do appreciate the fact that you brought up white male privilege because, first of all, that was why I was, like, not looking forward to this book where I'm like, cool, like, stamp white male privilege on something that women have been writing for years, and suddenly it's like – Sorry, not Pulitzer. It's Pulitzer level now, right? Um, But there is, like, these really, like, the there's nods in the book to, like, okay, like, I have some privilege that is unacknowledged here. And, like, the main character himself starts to say, like, okay, so actually my life's not that bad. My life is pretty amazing. And I never got that in the whole book of him acknowledging that. Like, so much of the book is, like, this guy's just, like, a fucking mess. So he's someone that's, like, he falls, he trips. He's just, like, any opportunity to, like, be clumsy or do something, like, stupid or, like, culturally insensitive like to just do the wrong thing he he takes it and so yeah. it's like someone that you think of as oh god he's just so unlucky but he starts to hit this point in the book where it's like I always think of myself as being so unlucky but actually I'm pretty fucking lucky like the worst things that happen to me are so benign that they actually don't have any significance. But when you think about, like, the life I live, and I wish I'd, like, highlighted this section because I was like, oh, man, do I relate to this? Because I feel like that is my life where I'm, like, there's constantly stuff where I'm, like, this is, like, I have the unluckiest life ever in the luckiest way where it's, like, the shit that happens to you is so not important. Like, when you actually look at the, like, meat and potatoes of what your life is, it's great. It just, like, all the small stuff seems pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, And I do think, like, as the main character goes through this book, he starts to see, like, okay, like, I've actually had great opportunities. I've had great friends. I've also had amazing relationships. None of them have worked out. But, like, I've lived and loved in a way that's, like, really unique and really special. And he starts to appreciate that as he goes. But it also takes, like, other characters in the book to point that out to him. Where it's, like, you think of yourself as, like, this pathetic person and look at you. Like, you're living the fucking dream. And he's, like, I mean, I guess. Well, I got that little last snippet that what you said. Mm -hmm. But, like, I did not in any point, and I may have just missed it in the novel, like, get him acknowledging it. Because, like, even there's this one point where he has this, like, arch nemesis. Carlos. Yeah, Carlos, (laughs) who, like has this theory that half of your life is a tragedy and half of your life is a comedy and it's all mixed up. But for Mm -hmm. some people, like, the whole first part of your life is a tragedy and the whole second part of your life is a comedy. And he's telling um, Arthur Less, like, 
it looks like to you probably that the first half of your life was a comedy and the second half of your life is a tragedy, but like your whole life is a comedy. Yeah. And he's like, meh. Yeah. Well, I'm he's like, just like, he hates Carlo so much, but I do think it's something where even like with his relationships that he walks away from and you find out later, it was really his fault this relationship never happened. Yeah. Like, he was with this younger guy and he just never thought it was serious and so he could never take it seriously and when his like lover I guess because they were not in a full relationship tries to say like hey I'm I'm ready to settle down and this guy wants to settle down with me dot 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 and Arthur's like all right you know live your life do what you want it's like he blew this relationship up and it was the best relationship of his life and then he starts to look back on it and realize like how good he had it and he can't like acknowledge that he has screwed this up but I do think like towards the end he starts to acknowledge more and more like he's lonely he's alone but actually like all these cool things keep happening to him and he starts to feel less and less sorry for himself which is something that I felt like the book becomes more self-aware as you go where at the beginning it's just like my life is shit my life is trash and then when you start to peel back the layers you're like actually your life is kind of amazing you're kind of amazing people love you but you just have like such low self-esteem that you couldn't acknowledge it but so when you get to the end of the book like I just thought it was so beautiful because it's like he is pining for his long lost love like the whole time and he's just kind of accepted like I've screwed everything up like I had it all I didn't acknowledge it and it's gone now and now I'm all alone and like this whole time like his like love who's gone on to like marry this other person is also just having this moment of like this was the person and I'm ready to throw my whole life away for them and so here's where I get to the point where I'm like this is why you and I felt so differently about Mm -hmm. this book I'm like this book is such a like I felt like the point of it was like happiness isn't bullshit and like love is fucking real and it conquers everything and it's not what is like practical it's not like what is safe it's not it's not settling for something it's like you have to like put every like all of your fears aside and like go for something that is so unrealistic but that you know is out there and I feel like you are the consummate oh. realist I don't believe in where the pre- you're like, I like false yeah. premise for you're me. like yeah no suck it up like get a job that pays well like pick like a life for you that is going to like provide what you want out of it because nothing is guaranteed and I felt like the point of this book was like sure like it might not work out but like the reason that we live is for those moments of magic that are like this isn't realistic but this is what we live for and when you live your life for what makes sense versus like what like sparks your fire like sorry to be cliche that's like when you stop living and that was so much of the book to me too was like even some of these relationships people are in it's like hey this marriage didn't last but for like 20 years it was fucking fire and it was amazing and when it stopped being that the people moved on and were like now it's time to find whatever else is out there that keeps me alive because what keeps you alive isn't necessarily like what your life is supposed to be it's like what makes life worth living to you and so I did just think like this is just like the ultimate ode to like do whatever the fuck makes you happy and it doesn't need to make any sense to anyone else and I just like I was so like touched by that and by someone that's like I haven't made any decisions so I haven't broken anything yet (laughs) like I was just like the possibilities are endless and so I could see someone that's like So I have a mortgage and I have plans and I have like sacrificed the hope of like everything that could be for like, I want to be comfortable in my life. Like this book is bullshit and get over yourself. And I don't think that you're wrong. I just think it's like, you have to be a romantic to appreciate this book. Yeah, I will. I, I hear what you're saying. I will agree. I am not a romantic. (laughs) Like, in any capacity. I, like... Not even in, like, the romantic capacity. No. It's just, like, the way you view life. The way I view life is not romanticized in any way. However, there wasn't any point in this whole book where I was, like, you actually love this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, ever. 
And I was just like, that was an unhealthy relationship from day fucking one. I was like, <laughs> you started like fucking this guy's son because you hated him and you wanted to get back at his dad. And like, That's then how you they all start. And then That's you were like, the best relationships then start. you're like, with passion. <laughs> I don't, but it didn't feel like, it felt like spite to me. It was like, it was like, this is like a spiteful, shitty dude. And everything he does is like spiteful and shitty. And then he's like, I like this guy, but I refuse. But like, it didn't even seem like he actually liked him. Like, he like ignored him and treated him like shit. The other guy was like cheating on him forever. And then he was like, hey, I've been cheating on you for a really long time. And this guy wants to like settle down with me. And he's like, okay. And like, the way that I viewed it was not like this guy was like, here's an opportunity to settle down with me. It was like, this relationship sucks. We've been fucking other people for a long time. And I was like, good get out of there that's stupid well, so i didn't think of it as cheating so much as like they started this really casual relationship and like arthur i don't think he ever took it seriously when it started he'd been in this like long-term relationship with this older guy where he kind of felt like he was a little bit like the young plaything, and he like they had this really meaningful relationship but he wasn't ready for it yet yeah and then when he got out of that i don't think he was thinking like I'm ready now for the one. It was like, I'm just having fun. So that's like the premise that his, like the love of his life, Freddie relationship started under. And he just like could never take it seriously because he felt like he was never taken seriously when he was like the younger person in his relationship too. Yeah. But like, so when it got to that point where basically like no one was willing to say like, this is how I feel. It was just kind of like, one person was ready to make a commitment. The other one wasn't or hadn't even thought about it. And they just went their separate ways in a way that, I don't know, I could relate to you too because I'm like, I am a victim of pride also where it's like you haven't even thought about this person in that way. It's just been fun and no one's had to like address whether or not this is a thing or not. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he lost it, he realized like, this was so much more than I was giving it credit for. Yeah. But also, it's ruined. Like, I can't go back there. I didn't think of it so much as, like, a negative thing, just as, like, two people that were not looking to fall in love, and, like, they had that connection. Did you see him as having, like, a good or decent relationship with Freddie? I mean, I think he... What was funny is I feel like the way that Arthur Lust describes it, like, at the beginning, it's like, oh, I mean, it was nothing. Like, it was just a fling or it was just this or it was whatever. And then as it, like, goes through the book and they talk more and more about their background and their experiences, it's like, so this was a lot serious, a lot more serious than you're letting on. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're trying to play it cool. And that was part of the aspect that I found so sweet was, like, as a reader, you're like, okay, whatever, like, your ex, like, you didn't really care about him, you're moving on, it's just kind of, like, a bummer of a situation, and then as it progresses, I was, like, it became more and more of a love story to me, where I'm, like, this was your fucking lobster, dude, and you ruined it because you were too proud, and that's tragic, and, like, you're afraid to be alone, and you can't acknowledge that, like, you screwed up something so important, so you just keep trying to like find that connection elsewhere and like it's behind you but you're like unwilling to look back and acknowledge your own mistakes but then at the end it's like they come back together and it's just so beautiful i mean at the end i was like when it was freddie that showed up i was like what what is he doing here well but i had i was like i thought that he was gonna end up with the old guy in the end and he was gonna like show up on his deathbed and be like I love you, like, thank you for, like, loving me. And at the end, it was like, Robert, I was yeah. like, who's this guy? Where did he come well, from? So he that's holds why no water in this like, whole novel. Midway through the book, when I, basically when I started to realize, I was like, Arthur, yeah, fuck, you are, like, madly in love with Freddy, and you oh, don't even realize I it. I never got that. And then all these characters are dropping hints, like, did you hear what happened the night before the wedding? And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, Freddy loves you too and he's like he can't even acknowledge it because he's like 
it's too painful. I can't look back. I'm just trying to look forward. Oh, I and, interpreted that so differently. Well, and so then when the the part that we both thought, like, this is just the author talking to the audience yeah. of, like, hey, like, this is my experience of Arthur Less. I was like, shit, that's Freddie. That's, like, how he fell in love with him, starting from, like, beginning to end. And then I was like, this is so sweet. Leading up, so, like, going into that So he was like, yeah. It's, like, all the ways that he saw him versus the way that, like, Arthur describes himself to everyone else, which is, like, I'm just this, like, shit show of a person, and, like, no one takes me seriously. And then, like, Freddie and all these other people are, like, this guy is magic and, like, makes you feel things you never thought you could feel. And, like, oh, my God. You're so romantic. You're such a romantic. Well, I was, that's like, what, the like, whole time I was, it like... It snuck up on me. I had no idea. I was, like, this is a, like... Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, I guess, like, the way that they describe him, like, or he is self-described throughout the novel is he's just, like, like, this puny, pathetic, like, thinning hair, like, nervous wreck of a human being. And he's, like, objectively a bad lover. Like, he's not good (laughs) in bed. He's, like, very average. I think there's one part that's, like... I'm great at kissing, and that's about Yeah, and that's... And then he's he's like, but I kiss people like they're in love. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> you would. Yeah, well, so they... But I also Someone like, describes him as, like, someone without skin, where it's, like, he's basically, like, a raw nerve of a person. So, like, yeah. everyone who dates him is just, like, they feel so seen in a way that it's, like, oh, my God. Like, experiencing this innocent person who hasn't been, like, polluted and jaded in the way that everyone else has. And yeah. I'm like... I guess I'm so polluted and jaded. Well, yeah, I'm like, who isn't that's, like, gone on a single date? But somehow he manages to, like, retain that. But he is, like, quite the dipshit. Like, a lot of it, you're like, this whole thing, it was fucking preventable. But what I would like to talk about is other characters in the book, too. Because I did think, like, he nicely offset some of the other people. Like, in particular, the people that he met in... I mean, he met people all over the place, but, like... In Morocco in particular, like, he met this woman. Zora. Yeah, who had been in, like, this long relationship with this other woman. And this other woman she was with was like, I love you. And then I met the love of my life. And I left you for that. And I was like, this is, like, the eternal debate. Which I feel like there's no right answer. Because probably unless you ever feel like you've met the love of your life, you're like, that's not a real thing. And... Same, same. I'm like, that's not a real thing. I think... Like, if you've committed to someone, sorry, you've signed up I think up it's a real it. thing until you get to know the person. And, and then they you're just, like, oh, They're fuck. the same as all the other people. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're compatible with them or you're not compatible with them. And, like, you have, like, sparks and butterflies and things are amazing. But, like, the longer you get to know someone, that all fades into, like, just fucking... Who's like, doing the dishes. Exactly. Well, but that's it's so it is like in the book, it's like this woman's like, So we built this beautiful life together, we were happy, like nothing was wrong. And then my partner of eight years met someone who was the love of their life, and she's like, So all of that just goes to shit, okay. But she even has this moment of like, I don't know, is that really what it's all about? And then those of us who never meet our soulmate just never get it because it hasn't happened to us and for me I'm like so clear like I have never met my soulmate like if that's a thing I've never fucking met him I have had butterflies I've had that like oh my god I feel so strongly like this is the one and I've also had the like so I thought that and Mm -hmm. then I'm like I hung out with them a little bit more lol lol this person is the worst yeah but I don't know that I've ever felt like so that's what I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a real thing because I've never felt like I know this is my person. I'm like, I know that I want to fuck this person. <laughs> like, that's the strongest I've ever felt. Or like, I feel like I could want to fuck this person for a while. Here's what I think. I think that without the marriage plot, quote unquote, like, this isn't a reality. Because, you know, in older novels where like, you get married and that's like the happy ending and, and that's happily the end. ever after. Exactly, that's the end. Like you get one shot at like meeting your person and then like 
once you like feel the butterflies and things are amazing, you're like, love. And then you're like, I love this person. And then you get married and you're like, and that's what love is. Mm -hmm. But I think like. Life is more banana karanana. I mean, yeah. I think like you can fall in love. And, and then out of love. Out of love. And then you can fall back in love. And you can fall in love with somebody else. Like, and, you know, fuck, we're 30 years old right now. Like, you've been in love before. 31. I know, whatever. But, like, if you've been in love a few times, like, you're kind of like, okay. It can come it in can, and out of vogue. It can, exactly. Like, you can feel it and you can not feel it. And, like, I don't know. Obviously, I'm a pragmatist and I'm not a romantic. <laughs> but, like... I just feel like you could be happy with people and I don't necessarily believe like that you meet someone and you're just like fucking butt over heels in love with them every day for the rest of your life. Like, I do think, I just don't think that exists. I do think that's an interesting point too, because one of Arthur's friends in the book was like in a 20 year marriage and he's like, so we're breaking up. We love each other. Like, there's nothing negative. I feel like that's stupid. We're just ready to move on. And I did think it was an interesting thing. Like, I've heard people say that before. Like, do you say marriage is a failure because it didn't work? Or do you say, like, we had a great marriage for this amount of time. And then two people decided they both wanted to be happy and it wasn't there anymore. Like, so I'm like, that's also something where I think, like, you and I might differ on the yeah. definition of romance where you're like, mate for life. I'm just so fucking stubborn. I'm so stubborn. Like, We're like we'll make it work and we will suffer together or yeah. we will I'll suffer die. for eternity or I'll <laughs> yeah. kill you. Like, yeah, one or the other. Like, sorry, fiance. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I did just think like I, and I don't know that I even feel strongly one way or the other because obviously you've met me and I'm like, loyalty is fucking royalty. Like, yeah. you make a decision, you live by that decision, you suffer by that decision, Honestly, you die by that, that decision. Honestly, I think that if you got to a point where you got married that like Getting divorced from you is never going to fucking no, happen. No, it's never going to happen. But I also, I've always thought, like, I mean, first of all, again. But that's again, why you have to marry someone who's 10 years older than you so they die. It's true. Love it's you, true. babe. Yeah. But <laughs> he's not listening. It's fine. Um, yeah, it, it is just something, too, where I'm like, that's the thing with marriage for me is I'm like, marriage is for fucking ever. And if I um, say that, there's no going back on it. But I do think that some people are like probably wise to say hey we meant it when we said it but we're not happy anymore and we both want to be happy and maybe that's not being together and I'm like I can't wrap my head around that with my hypothetical husband that I don't have but I'm like I don't know I'm like maybe those are the people that are they refuse to be unhappy or refuse to give in to like like they even talk about in here like people that just resign themselves to this loveless sexless marriage when there might be something else out there for you where both of you could be happy again you know i haven't been happy since like 1997 wow this just i mean like 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 the like the kind of like joyous no regrets happiness like i have happy moments but no, I mean, I just, I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't feel You're like, like life is romance. not about being happy. I wish life was about being happy. But, like, I think when you, like, come to terms with the reality of the world, like, there's just so much fucking death and depressing things out there. Like, it's really hard. Like, I can be contented. I don't know. I, wish- I just, like, I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm a pessimistic, like, pragmatist person. But I also... I hate the feeling of being really sad or really angry like or really upset. That explains so much about you. I hate being really, really happy because they're both like being it's really, really happy is so temporary. And I hate like the come down from being really happy because I feel like that makes me depressed. And mm-hmm. I hate being really, really, really sad because I like can't get out of that wormhole. So like I have this like very temperate temperate zone climate of emotions that I'm capable of living in and like while I acknowledge that there are other emotions that are valid outside of this like 10 degrees from zero in either direction I like am not willing to venture into being happy enough like I won't venture onto happy enough that has its equivalent in sad like I will only go so happy as I'm willing to be so sad. Does yeah. that make sense? I know it's like super fucked up, but that's totally it's who I am. super fucked up and it super makes sense. And it's also 
it's funny because it is something where I'm like, like people always be like, God, you're such a drama queen. And I'm like, I fucking am. But I'm also like, like when I'm happy, no one is fucking happy. Like no one's ever been as happy as I am. Yeah, no. But when I'm sad, I might kill someone. <laughs> like it's like the extremes yeah. of that. And I'm like, it is something that I think if you like truly embrace joy, you also have to truly embrace sadness because yeah. it's like the opposite sides of the same coin just with like love and hate. But I just wanted to bring your attention to my favorite quote of this book, which okay. was just for the record, happiness is not bullshit. And <laughs> I mean, this like, is bullshit. I know. And I was just like, that is so basic and simple, but true where it's like like vividly remember reading that actually and being like wrong (laughs) yeah well but it was something where it was funny too because you finished this book before me you fucking show up um and i was you were like okay yeah as we suspected pretentious as fuck and like i thought so like wasn't super looking forward to reading this but i'm gonna persevere and then as i went on i was like I love this and I totally understand why you didn't and I'm not surprised and so I was like I can't wait to talk about this (laughs) because my takeaway is like girl go to therapy (laughs) like you're fine like you're the most mentally stable person I've ever met but also because I'm like you're not like flirting with either extreme like you're not letting yourself go high you're not letting yourself go low and that's where all the magic happens like yeah I mean you might kill yourself no big deal but like it's all the good and it's all the bad and you're living in the middle yeah, I'm, like, I'm super in the middle, and I am so, like, I have my heels dug in so hard against doing either thing. Like, I'm fucking planning my wedding right now, and I'm, like, not happy about it. I'm not sad about it, <laughs> You're but like, I'm not I'm happy about it. i of it. But. Yeah, I'm, like, this is happening, and I'm, like, I, yeah, I, I just, like, I, I have no willingness to put in effort to the decision-making process. Like, I don't want to do any of it because I don't want to be invested in it because I figured out that like the only way to maintain not being sad is to not care about anything that much and like not caring but that's also like so we're just like therapy right now I know like, it's is not caring like is that any way to live like you can get by with that but like are you living if you're no. not caring and like yes, I'm alive though part of caring is like you're gonna be hurt and you're gonna be devastated and things are gonna suck but like you never get the high highs without the low lows so just like embrace being bipolar okay but i don't know like i mean even if i'm thinking about this logically like logically you're like yeah i'm not fucking living i feel like you could say i could say logically yeah i feel like i am not getting the full spectrum of life even though, but like, like, you have a great life. Oh, yeah. My life is, my life is objectively very good. But you're, like, you're good. not even allowing yourself to enjoy it because you're, like, because I could lose it and then it would be devastating. Yeah. And I'm just not willing to be devastated. But the thing is, like, on the, it's always, it's a pendulum, right? So it's, like, you could be, like, I'm on top of the world. So, like, fully enjoy it, fully embrace it, and then be, like, and then I will lose it and it will be awful and then it will swing the other way. Or you can just live in the middle where you're like, everything's fine, period. There is no fucking exclamation mark. Yeah. Because I live my life without one. I live my life in a land of no exclamation points. And I am an exclamation point. The only exclamation points I use are in emails when I'm trying to be nice to people I don't like. I'm like, hope you have a great day. Exclamation point. Warmly brandy. Exactly. (laughs) Hi, person I don't like. Exclamation point. Hope you're doing well! Exclamation point. So many Please exclamation Please send me points. that fucking thing you said you were going to send me six weeks ago. Exclamation point. You know what it was, honestly, that, like, completely broke my spirit? Tell me. I think it was deciding to work in a field that is just inherently depressing. And, like, I can't... Yeah. I was... Where you're, like, I have to, like, put aside... Like, you have to build a wall... Yes. ...to protect yourself. Yes. I feel like I'm, like, an emergency room doctor half the time, where I'm, like, <laughs> I don't have any fucking feelings, because, like, if I felt depressing. things, I couldn't get through my day. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just, like, you hear the, all of this, like, horrible, depressing shit all the time, and you're, like, I have to, like, try to do the best I can in this system that is, like, 
broken. It's it's broken, and it's like it helps some people. Like you can't overhaul the entire thing. Okay, I work in healthcare, and like public oh health generally. God. That's not like everyone fucking does. Shocker. And a lot of people do. It's a it's everyone a, but start. There's a lot of people who work in healthcare, and I think like it's just you. Can't, it's really really hard to care all the time. And I just like it sounds I've, exhausting. It's exhausting, and I think like I couldn't I couldn't differentiate between like not caring at work and not caring at home, and so I just came to this like I don't care at all. Yeah, and I feel like that's not totally fair because like I definitely care, or I would just like go into some field you care, where I can but make you a don't lot of let money. Yourself, like, I care in a practical it. way where I'm like, okay, this is objectively good or this is objectively bad. Like, how do we make this? How do we, like, skew this slightly better? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, my whole life. It's so annoying. I don't yeah. recommend anyone live like this. Don't ever, like, let your joy die. Yeah, don't. Once and you let it die, you can't get it back. So I will say, obviously, we all know, like, Brandy's the most lovely, enjoyable person. <laughs> but it is just funny, like, I knew you when you were younger, and I'm like, you were very sensitive. Like, you were very... I'm like, now you're, like, so pragmatic, and I'm just like... Baby Brandy was not the same. Oh no, not she cried all the time. I was I was like an emotional wreck. Not wreck. You were just emotional. Yeah. On all sides, it's like happy, like the goofiest little goober you've ever seen. Like this is like the constant like fight that Brandy and I have. Is I'm just like, so when did you stop being so fucking weird? And she's like, I'm. Uh, grown up and I'm like why though <laughs> and I mean that's where we're landing I will say like one of us is objectively doing better at life than the other but like we're also reading books very differently for a reason you I guys. know I know well you know what it is it's like I mean there's a million different things that factor into it but I'm just like so afraid of losing my security blanket that I just like can't deal yeah, with like, risk I'm so risk averse well no Vegas for you oh no I can't. I'm, like, well, very into, like, just grain bowls and cucumbers. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I know. I don't even know what to say to it's, that. It's horrible. Like, yeah, it is. Like, I can look at, like, if I were to step out of my own body and look at me, I'd be like, God, you're an idiot. And I, like, I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> but I also am, like... All right, you're like but ethereal I'm, self. But like this is the right down. move. This like, is what I'm I've... taking care of my health in all respects. My mental, physical, and emotional health is in check. I know. I probably should go to therapy. This has been very cathartic. Good. I'm glad. And Although, so, overall, like, are we ready to rate this, or did you have anything else you wanted to talk about this book? No. I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about about this book. There is. I I feel like. And maybe it's because I read Eat, Pray, Love at, like, a different point in my life. But I felt like the story arc was, like, the story arc was very similar. And also I felt like this had a lot of just, like, literary fluff. What's the word I'm looking for? Where it was just unnecessary. Extraneous? Yeah, maybe. It just... It seems like... I mean, it was. It was. There was, like, all of these different kind of writing styles thrown in here where it's like first person and then all of a sudden they're like it's third person and then they're you know like, like let's like, like showing off a little bit it like was, let me do everything in one book exactly that's how it felt to me too where I was like had this been written in like first person the whole way or like obviously in like multiple persons but like because I didn't know that the um the narrator was supposed to be like his not the yeah yeah not you keep saying his love and I'm just like it was his it's like, not his boyfriend like what do you call him it was the love of his life dysfunctional fuck buddy like that's what I view him You're as the fucking worst it's his his love I'm gonna okay. keep saying it does I'm gonna he keep like, watching does you he admit it. that anywhere in the whole book yeah I mean the whole book is him being like don't think about him like the only time I was happy like every time that they're talking about like anyone who's in love and he starts reminiscing about Freddie like it is crystal fucking clear but that's something too like you talk about the way it's written and all these different writing styles thrown in and I hear you but you're fucking wrong (laughs) because it's all like 
it starts with being from Arthur's perspective and you just take it all for granted. And then as all these different writing styles are thrown in, you're like, you dipshit. You're not telling us the whole story. Like, you're not even being honest with yourself. Like, it takes all of these different points of view to actually tell you what's going on. And you're like, I get it. But it also makes it all the more like, okay, like, this person is actually, like, the least self-aware ever. Like, he couldn't tell us what was happening because he's hiding from, like, his own fucking shit. But yes, they were in love. Brandy. Fine. Maybe I and just And you know what? Happiness know what isn't bullshit is. either. I wanna know what love is. Ugh. I will just you know say, like, just, my... I've been hurt too much. Maybe that's my problem. You've just been hurt too much. too many walls up. Well, I just... I... I thought it was a moving book in that it was, like, first of all, like, happiness is possible, love is possible, like, these are real things, they're the only reasons we're alive, so, like, if you don't have it, what's the fucking point? And, like, if you don't have it, it's never too late, like, there's no reason you have to be, like, well, I'm resigned to the life I fucking picked for myself, like, you can always go out there and change it, and, like, none of this shit that's, like, the literary success or, like, money, fame, like, none of those things are ever gonna make you happy. It's all cliches, but it's cliche for a reason, and, like, if you're not getting the best dick of your life today, (laughs) you go out there and you find better. (laughs) That's the takeaway. The moral takeaway. I felt like, okay, so you you didn't read Eat, Pray, Love, but you know the basic premise. She was like... you pray, you love. She was in this relationship with this, her husband, she was married, and... She, they were, like, trying to get pregnant, and, like, every time she found out she was not pregnant, she would, like, sit in the bathroom and sob because she was so relieved and happy. And then, like, she, like, had this epiphany where she was like, oh, I shouldn't be married to this person. Like, I need to go, like, seek... Like, I keep being relieved that we're not further attached. Yeah, she's like, I need to go, like, seek my bliss, etc. And so she, like, talks to her publisher, and she's like, hey, can I, like, do this book slash escape my entire life? And then she, like, goes on this tangent, pretty much. She's like, I'm super privileged. I get it. Let's move on. And like, I'm going to seek my bliss. Exactly. And then she goes on, and she just, like, is so, like, self-deprecating the whole time in a way that's, like, hyper self-aware, mm-hmm. which I was, like, super down with. I was like, yes, keep talking shit on yourself. You know who you are. And then as she progressed through the novel, she, like, she, like kind of gained this sense of self, and she was like... Yeah, I get it. Like, I'm starting to, like, understand who I am without another person attached. And then towards the tail end of the novel, she meets this guy and they fall in love. And I was just like, really? You were just getting Come on. And, like, that that theme, like, that motif of, like, find yourself. And then as soon as you find yourself, find a person. There they are. That seemed like this book to me, except for that he never fucking found himself. He was just, like, stumble, 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 stumble. Oh, finally, you're back. Okay, this is familiar. What I will say is, like, so the fact that the end of the book is not written from the main character's perspective, it's, like, so he doesn't come back and go, like, oh, thank God you're here. No. I think, like, as he's finding himself, it's, like, it's not finding, like, oh, this is who I really am. It's, like, oh, my life was actually everything I wanted. I already had it, and I didn't appreciate it, and I, like, thought there was something else out there. So it's, like very sad and then it's like he's coming back and it was this anticlimactic like okay like I went and I did all of the things and it was just this come to like fucking Jesus moment of like okay like I didn't need to travel around the whole world like I had it here all along but it's from like his love's perspective so I mean, it's possible that Arthur walks up and is like, bitch, I just traveled around the world. I've had so many other dicks and I'm not into you anymore. But that's not what happened because he went around the world and he was like, I've done it all. I've seen it all. And like, that was it. And I screwed it up. And he's like, moved on. Like, he's accepted. He's ruined it. And that's why it's like so sweet because you're like, no, you can still make it right. And you finally get it. But it wasn't about like finding himself. It was just like okay, like, it was already here, like, I was already happy, but I was so, like, in my head that I couldn't look at my life and appreciate what was there. Are you ready to cry yet? Because it was beautiful. No, I'm not ready to cry I'm gonna throw the book at your head, and then you'll be ready to cry. I know you're feeling feelings about this. I just, you know... (laughs) 
I'm crying into the book. It's, it's just so emotional. I think I wanted more. I what I wanted more of like a travel novel about it. I wanted more of like the cool things that happened when he was traveling. But instead, it was just like, uh, everything's annoying. And I was like. <sighs> That's so. Stop you being just annoyed like, by everything. You just miss the fucking point. That's all I want to say. And I, it's I get also, it. So the way they end the book too, I mean, it is won a like, Pulitzer. So yeah. Well, and they end it with like this guy being like, oh, it's like, don't you want more out of life? Like more of this, more of that. And he ends with being like, I want less. Which of course, you know, main character's name. So clever. All of the things. Clever. It is, it is just like yeah. It's not about like having everything or it's like just this one thing that's the most important and like boiling it down to what's the most simple thing that you like care about in your life are you not so resentful of all of the characters i I was until i knew where it was going for like breaking up robert's marriage i'm like you're a dick yeah and well so i will say like there are definitely parts of it where i'm like this is a struggle because i'm just like morally black and fucking white and like this was a morally incorrect thing to do here but then being like yeah but I get it like they were doing what made them happy but it's reconciling the fact that like sometimes doing what makes you happy is like hurting another person Ugh, unacceptable and miserable exactly but I do think that's something where it's like when you're someone who lives for like I can't hurt another person and you're with someone that's like, oh, I do whatever makes me happy. It's like, well, you get the short end of that fucking stick, don't you? Because you're like, yeah. well, I'm living so I don't hurt anyone else. And then everyone else is hurting me. Fuck my life. You You've know? obviously been to more therapy than I have. Yeah. I mean, I am just like so enlightened and therefore like ready to win at reading this book because mine's <laughs> better than yours. What I is mean, your I, rating? I don't know. Like really? Six point seven out of ten. Yes. Yeah. No, out of ten point five. <laughs> okay, mine is like uh, I would say it's like an eight point eight. It's not quite a nine, but it was great and it deserved a Pulitzer and it deserves another look. If you I, feel the way you feel about it, I would say too. Like, I feel like this maybe is, if I'm more emotionally open at some point in my life, I can revisit this and feel differently. That is exactly what I was gonna say. Was like books always come to you when you're ready, and sometimes like when we read like what was it like Molokai, I was like I would have loved this if I read it at a different time. I read it at a time when I was like I'm fucking dead inside. <laughs> I have so much going on. Yeah. I'm just like not here for this little girl's like very real tragedy this is horrible but like i just need to feel bad for me right now okay (laughs) um and this one i was like i was so ready for this right now and i was like brandy is not in that space and that's why she hated it not in the slightest so you're not wrong but like in a different point in time it'd be curious if you came back to it and felt differently or maybe you never do but i do think like our ratings for anything or the way we feel about it it's like it's not just how good a book is but like did it come to you at the right time and the mm-hmm. book came to me at the right time i don't think it came to you at the right time or maybe it did dot, maybe dot, dot. i also i also feel like i think that i mean whatever we make a we make a podcast about reviewing books and talking about them and so clearly we're so experts. clearly there's like t- there is time to do that and i get it but what a privilege it's it does seem so privileged and i think like when i when i think about these pulitzer books that are they're intended to make you think about like life more broadly and like the the things that you can accomplish in your life and like what it what it means to be human and what it means to love and what it means to like have a true tragedy and like the examination of relationships and time passing and all of those different things like it is such a privilege to be able to have the time so, like, and capacity examine to things. examine those things. Like, most of the time, most people are just, like, getting through their fucking day. Sure. And so, like, that's... I, I was largely in that headspace when I was reading this. And I was just like, I don't have fucking time for your, like, petty-ass problems right now. Like, have a real problem and then maybe I'll feel bad for you. Well, it's just funny because I'm like, my counter-argument would be, like, you loved Anna fucking Karenina, which is, like... Cannot get enough Anna Karenina. Which was, like, let me talk at nauseum 
about exactly the same things. And what I will say is one of the things that's cool about books is, like, you don't have to have money. You don't have to have, like, any kind of, like, special privileges to be able to, like, be transported on a fucking journey. To be like, oh, I get to think about all these things that I don't have the privilege to think about in my life because I don't have the resources to travel. Mm -hmm. I don't get to, like, just quit my fucking job and, like, think about shit. Like, if you can read a book, like, to and from the bus ride to your work, like, you get to think about these things. And that in in and of itself is a privilege, but, like, we're all privileged in different ways. And it's easy to be, like, I'm more privileged than this person, but, like, Look for where you have it in your life, and you don't have to be like, oh, I feel bad about it. You can just be like, I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. And reading is a fucking privilege. Thank God we all know how to some extent. Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I think, like, for me, what was different about Anna Karenina was that it was written in a time period where people just seem to have more time generally. Yeah, like, they got a farm. It's just what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, also, they spent, like, a significant amount of time in that book, like, contemplating the plight of, like, people who had less privilege than they did. Yeah. Even though a lot of it was, like... You can't even... Like, it's, like, people that are rich that I'm, like, are, like, I'm trying to, like, sow the seeds with you. Yeah. And they're, like... You're so bad at this, you nobleman. Like, get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of beside the point, but I feel like... That is the point of Anacron, and I think I nailed it right there. I think, I mean, I think you did, but I think the reason, the reason that I liked that one and not this one is because I felt like maybe I'm just basic, and it was, like, more clear to me, like, all of the different flawed characters that were in it mm-hmm. I think maybe it was like this book written in the way that it was written made it hard for me to feel bad for him I think mm-hmm. that if it was written maybe in like complete third person that I could have like been it could have been more objective and I could have felt more bad for him but I don't know maybe I'm just not in the right headspace it just didn't work for you it didn't work for me but that's not Reasonable to say minds may differ yes well anyway I feel like we've made it pretty clear that I need some therapy, so it's probably good that we've selected a more therapeutic book for our next read. Yeah, it is, because next time we are going to be reading our very first self-help book. It's about fucking time. Let me just say, I've never read a self-help book, and I'm morally opposed to reading self-help books, so this is going to be a journey for me. (laughs) Well, cool. What are we reading? So, it is called... Girl, wash your face. And That's a good idea. I should probably wash my face right I now. I know. I was going to say it's honestly not bad advice. We should all take it. Um, and it's a book by Rachel Hollis. Um, it was recommended to us by one of our reader listeners, um, Jessica from Thousand Oaks. So, yeah, we're going to do our first self-help book. We're going to be so much more enlightened, mostly Brandy, because obviously, like, Star already goes to therapy. Star is so light and bright. I'm so light. That's what everyone says when they see me. They're like, Star is light as fuck. I could probably just, you know, throw her over there. Throw her over like a feather. It's it's just like a common refrain I hear. So, yeah. Join us for some self-help. We're going to fix Brandy. It's going to be great. We're going to go into a full therapy session. I don't know how we're going to do a prequel to that book. I guess we can talk about how much I help. I think what we should what we should talk about in the prequel is like these are all of our issues. How the fuck do we fix it? And then hopefully the book will fix it. I wonder if we'll still have any listeners after we list all of our issues. I mean, I hope you have issues too, listeners. Everyone, let's have issues together. Okay, sounds good. Um, Or let's just get lit about it. That's what alcohol is for. If you want to listen to this podcast, we publish every Wednesday probably Wednesday night when yeah. I get around to it. And you can listen to it on all of your favorite podcast channels. Yay! If you're not already lit, let's get it lit. Done. Yeah. <laughs>